Now let's get out to Mike Morgan. You hear him on JC and Morgan does some college football work as well. And he'll be on the call this week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the new Orleans saints. So let's start right there. Mike, thanks so much for joining us on a Friday night. Um, Your thoughts on this game, obviously new Orleans, they had to replace drew Brees. They have Jameis Winston and he's become a game manager, which is really weird to watch because last time he was a starting quarterback, he threw 30 picks. Uh, They're going up against a tough, tough task this weekend, taking on the defending champions who bring back literally everybody in Tampa Bay. Your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I I think you you brought up a key point about Jameis Winston. I mean, they're not asking him to win games, just throwing the ball over the place like it was in Tampa. You know, that was, that was not a recipe. It was a great recipe if you're on, if he was on your fantasy team and you don't count interceptions because he threw for a ton of yards and a ton of, a ton of touchdowns, but he wasn't winning a lot of games. This is more of an offense that is clearly led by one man, and that's Alvin Kamara, number 41. Whether it's dump-off passes or just giving him the football any way possible, that is the guy that controls everything that offense does. And then you just you have Jameis Winston, like you said. It's almost like a managing of the game. He doesn't have his top target in Thomas right now. He's throwing at guys like Marquez Callaway, throwing at guys – uh, like Deontay Harris, but basically they're winning games on defense as much as anything else. And that's the thing about this matchup. You know, it's 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 going to be labeled in a lot of ways as the, the return of Jameis Winston to going up against his former team. And, of course, Tom Brady speaks for itself. But these are two top ten defenses. These are two top ten defenses. I wouldn't be surprised, and I know you guys are talking all kinds of numbers and yeah. over-unders and everything else, this game might not be nearly as high scoring as some people think it'll be. Mike, do you think that maybe just maybe New Orleans would have a chance? Like if you go back to last year, I almost think that if, if the saints would have started Jameis Winston against the Buccaneers in the playoffs, they actually may have won that game. I mean, Jared cook had a really bad fumble, but they beat him both times in the regular season and then just kind of fell apart. I think the saints might actually have a chance to at least keep this close. Do do you see it the same way? Or do you think maybe the saints team is going to come back down to normal week one? They were so impressive against green Bay. And then every week, you don't really know what to expect though. Yeah. I think week one was fool's gold. I I mean, green Bay, green Bay didn't get the memo that there was no longer four preseason games. So they just didn't show up and play. Yeah. Uh, But, but I do think new Orleans is a dangerous team because the defense I talked about, and you're right last year, if you look at the regular season games, new Orleans had, Tampa's number and then what happened in the the playoff game is the turnovers you mentioned one of them and they failed to score in the red zone and that was really the 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 difference maker in the playoff game versus what they did in the two wins in the regular season but no I I think New Orleans is so nasty on defense they play well at home it's going to be a lot of emotions going through Jameis Winston that could be a good thing could be a bad thing we just don't know he's such an unpredictable (laughs) player Uh, but I think New Orleans has a a lot of things and I, I still think Sean Payton is one of the best play callers, one of the best overall coaches in this league. So if you if you give me that with a nasty defense and home field advantage, then I would never count New Orleans out. Mike, what team has surprised you the most this season, and which which team would you say in the NFL is the biggest disappointment? Boy, two, two good questions. I mean, I think in terms of pleasant surprise, and I know like every year there's the bandwagon Dallas Cowboy fan base that predicts they're going to win the oh, Super Bowl every year. Boys. but Yeah, but I, I didn't see them looking this good. I mean, they, they have corrected a lot of wrongs in a 5-1 and one start to the year. Dak clearly is over the injury. He's playing out of his mind. I mean, I remember calling some of Dak's games in college at Mississippi State. 
he's starting to look like that Dak as opposed to the guy who was shaky from time to time in the NFL. So I, I think there is uh, as pleasant a surprise, uh, particularly in the NFC. I mean, I, I think we all knew Buffalo was going to be good. I love their coach. I love their quarterback. I, I think if I had to pick one team in the ACC, look, I love me some Joe Burrow, but I didn't think they'd be five and two. I know. I, I just, that is just phenomenal to me. If, if anybody wasn't buying the Joe Burrow hype before, you better buy it now because I mean, he is doing it in a lot of ways with smoke and mirrors and Jamar Chase, his former college teammate out of LSU, has been phenomenal. Disappointing, I mean, Seattle at 2-5. and five, I, I, I know Russell's been banged up somewhat, but what has happened to that franchise? They used to be yeah. such a force. And, and even Pittsburgh, like I, I know it's Big Ben's final run, but they have a pretty good defense. They should be better than 3-3 three and three in my estimation. You could tell Coach Tomlin the frustration is kind of boiling over there. So those would be a couple of disappointments for me thus far. Mike, we're watching this game between the, Astro, the Astros and the Braves right now, and we've been trying to get a feel on the weather. We didn't even think this game was going to get underway, but we've been looking for someone to give us a weather report. Are you live on location? Can you tell us, will this game actually end with a winner or loser? Like, what's the what's the vibe like in terms of the raindrops going on there? Well, so here, here, here's Atlanta, right? I, I am seven miles southwest of the stadium. And I look outside my window right now, and it's been nasty all day, just kind of a constant drizzle, but nothing that would stop you from playing. Okay. But but seven miles there could be entirely different. Like, that's the way Atlanta is. You, you think the weather's going to be the same for the whole city, and it's entirely different for one area versus another. I, I think they're going to get it in, though, from what I understand, the forecast as of the early afternoon, that it wasn't, and no heavy stuff was going to come through, and eventually this would fade out. So in a World Series game, I mean, unless it gets to a point where it's really untenable, I, I don't think they want to postpone this. That just the, the the dominoes that fall when that happens causes a lot of problems. Then you then you maybe you burn a pitcher, which clearly Atlanta doesn't want to do because they're already short staffed after the injury to Charlie Morton. So I, I think this one's good to go. It might be a little bit wet and soggy, but I think it's good to go. While we're talking about it, we got to get your prediction. Right now, it's a tie game. The Braves, of course, our favorite at home, minus 145 on the money line. In a tie series, excuse me. Who do you have winning this thing? All of my friends, Trista, Ryan, even Cam, I think, they're all on the Astros. I want the Braves and Waffle House to go out there and get it done. Can we go with the Braves <laughs> in an upset, please? Hey, I'm a little biased. I used to call games for Atlanta. I, <laughs> I, I grew up a Braves fan. That's I'm in Atlanta. Man. I would love to see it happen. I, I really believe this. I really believe the winner of this game wins the series. Mm -hmm. I, I, and if you look in the past, in, in World Series play, when it's tied 1-1, game three, I know pivotal is such a cliche, but it's a strong number. It's something like 14 out of the last 17. So I, I, I just think the winner of this game is sitting pretty, but I think top to bottom, Houston has the better team. But I thought top to bottom, Los Angeles had the better team. I thought top to bottom, Atlanta wasn't even one of the top most top five talented teams in the National League. This team has overachieved all season long, and no matter what adversity they have faced, they went shopping in the bargain bin. You know, the three ninety nine DVD bin at Walmart. <laughs> that's what they got a good in the way of trades at the deadline, right? Yeah. And, and they all just come through, and they're all playing like all stars. So I would never count this team out, even though I certainly would say Houston one through twenty five is a more talented squad. Uh, Mike, really quick, I was watching you a couple days ago with Andy on uh, SEC this morning, and I know you have a Heisman vote, and I know you can't really uh, reveal any information, but could you just? <laughs> 
I don't I don't want any insight or Should anything because I would actually win it. I know you can't do this, but who who are you who are you impressed with? Like two or three guys right now that you really just enjoy watching every single Saturday. Let me tell you, this is going to be this has the potential to be one of the most bizarre Heisman years ever. I've been a voter since 2007, and let's face it, almost every year it's a quarterback maybe a running back receiver and of course that's what it was last year uh but but i this year i really think the door is open for a guy by the name of jordan davis he is a defensive lineman for georgia he is a beast six seven three hundred and fifty three hundred and sixty pounds he can move and he can move mm. and he changes the complexion of games. Yeah. And in a year where we don't have a dominating quarterback on a premier team, yeah. I think it opens the door for somebody like that where you could say, you know what, this is the year we go different. This is the year I just vote for the best pure player in the game, and I'm going to vote for Jordan Davis. So he's going to be in my top three almost undoubtedly. There'll be some quarterbacks there. Man, There's some big games coming up, but I'm telling you, don't Mike, be surprised if we break I'm, through with a D line. I'm so jacked right now. I, I hate Sue, but there were a couple, of, a couple like, well, I'd say a couple of years ago. Man, I feel like that was like a decade ago. I wanted him to win it. When Charles Woodson, that that was one of my favorite years of college football ever. I was only a kid at the time. I, uh, I played defense, so we all root for defenders and maybe win a Heisman again. Can anybody beat Georgia? I think the only team that's, that has the capability of doing it is Alabama, and that and they're going to meet in Atlanta almost undoubtedly on December the third. I believe it'll be. You know, Florida is a is a a, a solid team, but they're not going to have enough to win tomorrow in Jacksonville. I don't believe. I think after that, Georgia cruises. They get to the championship game, and then we have a classic Georgia Bama matchup. And then it comes back to this. The last three times, including last year in the regular season, including the SEC championship game, including a national championship game, the last three times Georgia has played Bama with Kirby Smart, they've had a double-digit lead at halftime. All three times they wound up losing the game. So at some point, you got to break through that. you got to get that monkey off your back. And This is the team. I believe it's Kirby's most talented team. I believe it has the best chance to do it. And and if they do that, they beat Alabama, I think they're winning the national championship. Mike, this has got to be maybe one of the weirdest college football years, even outside of last year. Last year felt even better. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was a COVID year where it was shortened and we had all kinds of different restrictions and testing and all this. In all of your years of college football, do you agree? And, and do you think that this is just the ramifications of last year's COVID year trickling in? I think it's a lot of it. In, in the games that I've done, when I've talked to coaches, they've told me point blank, <clears throat> this is going back to August, September, expect more upsets than normal because now what you have is all these fifth-year, sixth-year, even sometimes seven-year players because with COVID, everybody got the extra year. So what that does, <clears throat> excuse me, it allows the upset, the, the teams that don't have as much talent, but they're older and much like we see in college basketball, it's not always the team with all the McDonald's All-Americans that wins the title. It's a team that has juniors and seniors, and they know what they're doing, and they play well together. Well, that's, there's been a lot of that in college football. Well, there's been a lot of upsets. Now, we still have the, the, you know, the, the two dominant teams I just mentioned, but you think of how disappointing Clemson has been. Right. You think of how disappointing Miami, North Carolina – I know Oklahoma's still winning games, but boy, they almost lost to Kansas for crying out loud. Yeah. They have not looked particularly sharp. Ohio State loses a game. Uh, and, of course, the Pac-12 continues to disappoint. So, yeah, I think this has been one of the most 
bizarre seasons, and quite frankly, I think we needed that in college football. I think it was becoming a little too predictable. I think we need some more shock value in the sport. Mike, thanks, Mike, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Good luck uh, this weekend, and uh, have a good call. Thank you so Thank much, you, Mike. Mike. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. You too. We need Mike to come back. Yeah, I love him. I love him. Also, I like the like low key stray. Yeah. Pac-12 just continues to disappoint. Yeah. Yeah. Trista, I mean, you I was you like, agree with that, though. I do. But, but it was like, maybe it's like hard. four or five weeks ago. I, like, hey, I also, Pac-12 looking good. I also didn't mean to step over anybody and just jump on that question. But I know for a fact he has a Heisman vote. And I have. I, I may have. I may have fired a little bet on that thing right there. Because <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I'm looking for somebody with some crazy odds. There you I go. I looked it up while he was talking Like, about there it. you go. You get a defensive right player for Georgia. And, uh, man, I don't think anybody's beating Georgia. The, I can't fi- we I can't, can't find the number right set up yeah. right now. Can't yeah. find the number on the not Heisman a, odds. Not over at BetMGM right now. But we will uh, take a look here, maybe during the break, and be able to find it. Jordan Davis, though. So keep searching for those numbers over at uh, BetMGM every single day. And when we come back here shortly, we'll have an update on the Plus World 8, Series. Plus 8,000. Scoreless game. And also right Plus now. Plus 8,000. Jordan Davis. Still what updated. Was that, book not, was that Colorado? It says DC. What the heck? Plus well, 8,000. I got to start using the DC book more because yeah, Colorado 8, has all this stuff. I don't hate it. I have to make that play. Matt Crowell right plus now. 250. CJ Stroud plus 500. All the quarterbacks suck. Yeah, they Man. do. Bryce Young, plus 185. I'm on there now. Matt Corral, 250, like you said. Stroud's plus 500. I uh, I like Pickett, but I'd want a better price than 10 to 1. And then you got, man, other than that, I, I, I don't think I'd play anybody else anyway. So I don't really hate that price. Not too bad. Hey, you learn something bad. new every night. When we come back, we will uh, take a live look in on the World Series. We also have all of our previews for the weekend, college football, oh, NFL. Is Kenneth Walker the third on there? A he's, lot to get to. First half Heisman, Michigan State running back. He's going to yeah, go off yeah, this he's week. Yeah, he's 16 to 1, actually. I like that. You might want to do it now, then, if you think he's going to go off this week. Might yeah. go down to, what, 13, 12?